and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hello and welcome to the newest episode of TV My Husband Hates. And we are back together. So no more solo podcasts. Oh, we are back. Um, I'm sorry I had to put you through that, Reagan. The first thing she said to me, um, listeners, uh, when I turned on Skype today was, I hate doing solo ones. I'm never doing it again. (laughs) It's just so awkward. It is awkward. But do you know what? It's just a different way of doing things. But don't worry. Our vacations are over. She says, although we are going camping. Although I think it doesn't cover a Saturday. I'll let you know. But we'll make sure. Okay. We can record on the Sunday. It's fine. We'll, I will Perfect. not do that we'll to be you fine. again. <laughs> um, conversely, the massive narcissist in me didn't hate doing it solo. <laughs> but I much prefer doing it with you. I think what I miss, I miss the banter and being able to talk about things because these have been really like hot episodes these last few weeks. I mean, yeah. maybe even like before, if they were just those two shows that we were doing, I could have probably talk to them on myself but there have been so many just hot shit topics in these episodes that it would have been nice to chat through them you did get a lot of the fireworks but there are more fireworks for us to discuss this week and I feel like we are gonna have plenty of fireworks in the upcoming weeks because shit (sighs) is starting to hit the fan with every show there are fireworks abound I'm so excited that Potomac is back that starts out with a bang shit's heating up on below deck med Shit's always on fire in Beverly Hills. (laughs) (laughs) Same with New York. (laughs) We just need million dollar listing LA to get a little spicier, which I think it's going to next week. So yeah, well, it looks like Frederick comes back next week. So he always injects the passion, but we'll see. Um, You know, we're not against dropping a show if we feel like it's not delivering on the emotional or drama scale. So um, we'll let you know. But for now, it's in. We're keeping it in this week or... And, uh, and we're adding in Potomac, so that's really exciting. Yeah. How was your week, whack of shows. You know, it's been really good. We uh, are starting to remodel our house, so had to make a lot of decisions this week, so that's been interesting. I feel like I've added a 50 millionth job, but... <laughs> I know, right? But they're pretty decisions, aren't they? They they're are pretty decisions. decisions. Totally. So I it's love, exciting. like, tiles and paint colors and all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Light fixtures, kitchen appliances, because we've never done any of that stuff. We've been living with like hand-me-down stuff since we got married in fucking 2006. So 14 years of bloody time. Yeah, it's it's time. So we're excited about that. Um, Well, I just got back from holiday, obviously. So jealous. It looked amazing. It was fun. It was like what we call in England a bucket and spade holiday, where you basically just go to a British beachside town and uh, put the kids on the beach, whatever the weather. You know, wellies and anoraks if it's cold, but you give them a bucket and spade and they'll be happy for the day. Um, As it was, the weather was exceptional. And I mean, it was like 30 degrees. The water was like 21 degrees. We paddle boarded. It was beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. You were um, back and refreshed. Well, I feel more knackered than before I went, but <laughs> I still had a great time. Still had a great yeah. time. Um, but I am here and ready to get back in the uh, podcast saddle. I, because I was away, though, my notes are so old school. Like I've handwritten them. <laughs> That's the amazing. Back. On the back of other notes that I made. It, it's so <laughs> average. I, I'm sorry. But 
the analysis is no less brilliant. <laughs> um, anyway, we're starting with The Real Housewives of Potomac, aren't we? We are. The newest show to drop this week. And I am so glad these ladies are back. I love this version of The Real Housewives. I really do too. And I, and it's one that always delivers. We've It's not. It's yet to deliver an Atlanta season. Um, the beginning yeah. of Beverly Hills this season was a bit slow. We've never had it slow. And it comes straight in, steaming in with drama. And it looks like that drama is just going to to get hotter and hotter as this season continues. I mean, some of the teasers are oh, terrifying. They're amazeballs. I'm so excited. It looks like such good TV. Me too. Um, but this week, first episode of the new season, we open with Monique, who last season spent the whole thing pregnant. And I have to say, I always feel for Real Housewives who have to do this pregnant. Um, oh, yeah. And now her little boy, Chase, is nine months old. And she talks about how she's really struggling with the juggle struggle and how she's having to, she feels torn in all sorts of different directions. So what does she do? She buys a fucking bird. Yeah. And walks around with it on a leash, which is pretty much the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. I'll have to say. It's definitely up there. And I have to say, you know, I'm not always a massive Karen Huger fan, but if somebody turned up to my house with a bird on their shoulder... I'd be like, uh-uh, n- no. Birds are kind of one pet I've never been able to, like, get on board with as a pet. Like, no, I would I get on sound. board with potbelly pigs before I would get on board with birds. I just don't I, I agree. find them I loving. No, I don't think they're loving at all. Although there was something quite doing about how much it appeared to love her. But at the same time, I'm like... It's a, it's a bird, I don't get it. It just flaps and shits. And she's fucking trying to toilet train the fucking bird... Like, and her nine month old. Yeah, we need to have a chat about this because for me, potty training was <laughs> the worst part of raising children I've encountered so far. I tried real, I tw- tried way too young with my first, and it was horrific. Then we like waited, and then it was fine. My second one was fine because I just waited until like I knew he was really ready to do it. But yeah. I cannot imagine placing my nine month old on a potty every time they need to go to the restroom. Well, I also wonder, like, how much effort and time are you saving yourselves? I mean, of course, great, he, he knows to pee on the potty. But you still have to fucking put him on there. It's not like he can get up and walk over saying he's... Do you know what I mean? Isn't it just he, as much hassle as changing a nappy? Yeah, and he's not even talking. So it's not like he can say, Mommy, I need to go to the potty. Like, do you I just mean, know? Listen, do you just do it every hour? Yeah, I think that's what you do. I oh, genuinely man. think that's what you do. I mean... There is, I'm here for whatever, you know, let's do that. Do what you want to do. You do you. Yeah, totally. Fine, 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 fine. But I'm also going to have my opinion because it's my podcast. And if you have a different one, then you start your own fucking podcast. But in this particular, I just think, what is the point? But it feels like people do it. It feels like people do it for props. Oh, my nine month old is, is potty trained. And what is the benefit? And, and. I don't know. I hate, I really hate those moms that say that stuff, especially to like other nine month old moms who are like struggling and trying to wrap their brain around it. I mean, yes, this is like her third kid. So maybe she's figured something out, but the amount of time and effort when you are struggling and juggling all these other things, like how do you make time to put this baby on the potty every hour? Do you have somebody else do it? Is there like a potty nanny? Well, and also, she's not, it's just nasty to do it in front of Ashley, who has just had a baby, is clearly in like that fucking off the reservation, 
bonkers first few waves of motherhood. And like, I'm not undermining it because God bless her, I've been there too. Although I was the opposite. I couldn't stay in the house. Yeah. But essentially, you can just see all the very normal first new mum bullshit that's racing around in her head. And she's already talking about things like PP, postpartum depression. And, you know, that for me is quite a dangerous thing to be showcasing to a brand new mother who's already feeling clearly overwhelmed. And Monique just doesn't get it. She's always been a bit too fucking crunchy for my liking. Do you know what I mean? Oh, 100%. I'm definitely not in line with the crunchy mama momming style, which is totally fine. We have, we all have our own, but I mean, Ashley is deep in like the mom panic rabbit hole. Like when she starts talking about like the animals when they're outside and like getting in him and the breeze is not letting him breathe. And I was like, Oh, sweets. I feel for you. I remember being in that place. It's dark and it's scary. Well, and also we've just had National Breastfeeding Week here. I don't know if it was the same in the US, but we just no. had National Breastfeeding Week here, which is great. And obviously breastfeeding is amazing. But she's clearly in that line of thought, which is you can only, anything less than breastfeeding is bad for your baby, which is such yeah. a dangerous place to be. It's a scary place to be. We've all been there with our first. I definitely wasn't there for my second. Like I wasn't in that hole for my second because of the lessons I learned for my first, but it's a hard, scary place to be when you've got so many restrictions on what yeah. kind of mom you're going to be in your brain versus well, just figuring it out. Yeah. Just the pressure is so much. And let's not remember, she didn't have the easiest year last year. Like her husband was going through this whole thing about um, assault, sexual assault, oh, yeah. male producers, you know, there was a lot going on. It doesn't look like it's an easy ride for her and Michael this season either. It looks like he gets yeah. to some naughty business again. Ugh. I can't bear him. But thankfully, we didn't no. see much of him in this episode. So we Very didn't true. talk that much about him. But I, I, yeah, Monique, I don't hate her, but I do think she's a little bit self-righteous. And I think that watching her be like that with Ashley was a bit uncomfortable. Well, and doesn't she have a podcast called like Not For Lazy Moms or whatever, which I have a real issue with because then it implies that some moms are just fucking lazy, which I don't think is the case ever. She had, yeah, well, she had a blog. It started as a blog yeah. and it was called Not For Lazy Moms or something. It definitely was like lazy, yeah. included lazy moms, i.e. if you're not prepared to like make your own kids nappy rash ointment right. out of fucking unicorn tufts and red headed dwarfs in the Himalayas then um and unicorn semen then you're a lazy mum, and you just think oh fuck off I don't I don't like that at all I don't like any of the mom shaming I don't like anybody implying that moms aren't doing their best because to be frank we all are everybody's just trying their best nobody's intentionally being a shitty mom no I mean everybody's doing their very very best and nobody and somebody's best might not be somebody else's best. I, you know, I've yeah. been a pseudocreme disposable nappies mum my whole life. Maybe if I was to have a third, I would think about reusable nappies this time around because I've seen, A, how much better they've got. But also if yeah. I didn't, I'm okay with that. That's still you know fine. What I mean, like yeah. you do you and... I just, just don't judge others for not doing what you're doing. That's my issue with it. Like, right, it's and judgy. I don't want people to think that we're judging Monique, but I'm only I'm not judging what she chooses to do. I'm judging yeah. that she's judging other people because they don't do it. We're judging the judges. I'm judging the judges. 
And I'll continue to judge the judges for as long as I can judge the Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how Monique... She, I mean, she's busy, obviously, potty training pets and fucking toddlers. So. <laughs> oh, that's right, because didn't she train the bird to, like, yes! poop on a paper towel? Like, I feel like she's where does some, this time come from? She's got some weird potty training fetish that she's like... You know, woe betide any kid of hers that doesn't do a pee in the fucking toilet. It's nuts, I mean, man. my three, nearly four-year-old still wets the bed occasionally. Monique yeah. wouldn't be having any of that bullshit. No, but it happens. No, she'd Cause... be getting up every 20 minutes to put him on a fucking potty. Yeah, no thanks. Okay. My Maybe that makes me done. a lazy mom. <laughs> I'm all right with that, though. Yeah. I've got to be honest, I'm okay with that. Um, anyway, now that we've got off a very fierce, passionate subject of yes. parenting, um, the grand dam is back in Potomac. She's back, but doesn't sound like all is well in the Huger household. She's and it's being... not the same Karen that we left at the end no. of last season. No, not the I'm going to keep everything silent and everything's fine, pretty picture Karen. This is a Karen who's being very open and vocal about the problems in her marriage. And I'm kind of here for it. Me we'll too. See. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tale as old as, you know, anything, isn't it? You know, general patriarchy marriage, suddenly the woman starts to do well, starts flourishing, starts being successful. Um, untaming herself and he doesn't like it no and i mean there's also a 17 year age difference between them so they're in very different phases of their life like i think ray is probably just ready to retire and chill out and it seems like karen's just kind of hitting her stride and finding who she is and but that's i think that a guy can i think a guy can retire and chill out and let the woman and support a woman doing her thing and flourish uh, so absolutely while, while i totally get that that's a thing i also don't think the two things are incompatible bearing in mind we have only got Karen Huger's side of the story absolutely which, which i'm not 100% ready to trust no i think we need to you know be a little cautious of diving into the i love karen huger fan club at right oh now. yeah yeah, I'm um, not even dipping a toe. I'm just like seeing that pool from afar. And on the flip side, we've got, I mean, this, what has gone on in the last, between last season and this season? But on the flip side, I we've got no Giselle, idea. who is now back with her cheetah, cheetah, pumpkin eater ex husband. Jamal. Yeah. Jamal, the preacher. Doesn't sound yeah. very godly to be shagging other women while you're married. No, but it, you know, it's definitely not uncommon. In no. the ministerhood. No, true. Um, but after 12 years of being divorced, she is now back. But it's not all rosy in the Giselle Bryant household. No, those girls are fiercely protective of their mother. And they don't like it. It's, it's kind of weird for them. Which I kind of understand in a way that they've always had this one-on-one -on -one relationship with their dad and one-on-one -on -one relationship with their mom. And now it just feels weird. Like he's trying to get in with their mom by being nice to them. Like a, like a boyfriend would almost like yeah. getting well, good with the also, kids to get to the mom. Giselle's just, just changed this narrative, right? So this whole, their whole life, they've known that Jamal cheated on her, that he didn't treat her very well. Um, that the relationship has been fairly acrimonious. And now all of a sudden Giselle's flipped that on, on its head and the girls are like, well, I don't, what? Like what's going, why was yeah. he like last month, a, 
cheater and now he's a great guy. And I guess just like anything, it doesn't matter that he's their biological kid. He's a new man in her life and it's just going to take time. She's going to have to be sensitive to that. Yeah. Well, I wonder, like, if this relationship lasts, will she move to the Real Housewives of Atlanta? Because he lives in Atlanta. He doesn't live in Potomac. So it's also like a long distance relationship. But if it lasts, I wonder if we'll see a change in the lineup, which could be really nice for Atlanta. Well, Nene Leakes yet to sign her contract, or that was, she hadn't last week, so... Yeah. I've obviously been on holiday. For, <coughs> excuse me, I've got <laughs> stuck in my throat. Oh, um, no. I've been on holiday for a week, so I don't know what the gossip is, but um, maybe, uh, maybe there is a spot for Giselle in Atlanta. Maybe. Maybe. Um, we also have Candice and Chris, uh, Candice and Chris celebrating their one-year wedding anniversary. And dropping some major money on a one-year anniversary. Like, I'm sorry. One year is easy. When you don't have kids. Yeah. I mean, I could stay married to anybody without kids. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's why people get divorced, right? I mean. Absolutely. But that aside, uh, I didn't know we were celebrating one year wedding anniversaries. Oh, I mean, we we pseudo celebrate kind of every year because every year is kind of like a thing, but not with a big party like that. No, I just find it a bit bizarre. I'm like, come to me when you've done 10, babe. Yeah, I feel like we had one for somebody. I think it may have been my in-laws for their, like, 30th wedding anniversary. Like, that's legit. a big deal. That's that legit. doesn't happen I'm very here for often. That one. Yeah. I fly to America for a 30-year wedding anniversary. Do you know what I mean? Like, I travel for Absolutely. that Absolutely. Yeah. But for one year, mm, I'm not sure it's worth the babysitter, to be honest. No. No. Um, it's That not. being said... You know, they have their uh, wedding with the classiest of themes. <laughs> Denim and Diamonds, which is the name of the strip club in Stains Upon Thames, if it's still there. Which has been previously discussed. If you are a long-time listener, <laughs> you will already know Denim and Diamonds. And I remember watching it going, I'm sure I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. And now I realize exactly it's where the, it was. It's the one, I think I told the story where the couch was on fire in front of it. That was it. That was the one. And that was this party. <laughs> so, so classy. Um, in other relationship news, Robin, it looks like Robin and Juan are getting remarried as well. Yeah, he's really stepping it up. Because I, I kind of thought, like, he, I think, didn't he say he'd be ready to get married at, like, the reunion of last season? Yeah. And so it's been drawn out, and now they're talking about buying a bigger house. And well done for Robin being like, look, I'm not buying a house with you unless we're married. Like, yeah, we're not doing to this that. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, he was just like, I'm down with that. Like, I can get on board. And I thought that was really cool. I did too. And I think that, you know, we only got a little bit of them because clearly it was the least dramatic of the openings. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I do really like Robin. I have a lot of time for her. I think she's a badass. And I think Juan has shown real growth over yeah. the seasons. Um, so I'm excited. I think right now this is hands down the most functional relationship on in Potomac. But absolutely, we Absolutely. Um, we also see a little cameo at Candace's party from Sharice who's from past seasons of the Potomac, and she is starting some shit. I don't know 
how she plays in. I don't know whether they're introducing her as a as like a an friend. official friend or even as a housewife because I know that they're introducing another one as well, Wendy. But yeah. Charisse is definitely the fire starter somewhere in this whole thing. Absolutely. And, and Monique, Monique won't even talk about it. Mama, this is so exciting. I know. I can't wait. I love when Monique goes off. It's like one of my favorite things of all time. Me too. But I really hope it's not one of these like seasons where they tease all this drama and then actually yeah. it's just like 10 minutes of drama. and Or it's not going to happen until like of, episode yeah. 10. So we got to watch for half a season until we get it. We'll see. But I think it's going to be fiery. But um, you brought up the new housewife, which is Wendy. I don't Ash. know much about her. So she's Candace's friend. Karen has not been impressed with her on the charity circuit, but I think she's a doctor. Um, I think Mm. she does a lot for other people, a lot of like advancement for, you know, poor and developing countries and, you know, female rights and things like that. I kind of like her so far. Well, I think she teaches at Johns Hopkins or something, doesn't she? So, I mean, she's she's a smart cookie and she's going to definitely make some women feel pretty intimidated. Totally. Because as as whip smart and kind of street smart as a lot of these women are, I don't think heaps of them have got tons of book smarts. And I think no. she's going to be bringing some real fucking academia to this shit show. And I'm so here for all of this. Absolutely. No, I think she, so far, I think she's probably going to be a really great fit in the dynamic of Potomac. So we'll see. Very exciting. Very exciting. Super exciting. While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too, if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose. Let's move on to Below Deck Med. Oh, this episode was so depressing for me. Oh, it was rough seas for poor old Kiko, wasn't it? And I him cried. Just crying, sobbing in his bed. <laughs> he was just sobbing. <laughs> oh, I cried. And you know what? Like, if it had been anybody else sobbing, I'd be like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Kiko, you just knew it was real. You just knew it was like heartbreak, like actual heartbreak. His little heart was broken. Sandy broke his heart. Sandy broke his heart. Which I'm going to have to say, I have a bit of an issue with her firing Kiko over that Vegas meal. My issue is, as longtime watchers of all of the yachting shows, we have seen chefs fuck up way worse and not get fired. Like even the Russian lady from last season, she put out a lot more shit food than Kiko ever did. And Sandy was really reluctant to fire her. This has really been the only meal that he's completely bombed that like the people didn't like the food. Um, His timing has been off. I'll give him that, but he's been lovely to everybody on the boat. He's a joy to have around. And all of the guests have loved him. Like even these guests- who had the crappy food. I think you bring up a really good point that I hadn't thought of before, but it reminds me of touring, but you're like, he's a joy to have around on the boat. And I think you can underestimate that as a really good quality because it's like when you go touring, you know, having been on the road with bands and things. Yeah. 
one of the best qualities about a crew member or a band member is that they're great bus fodder, right? They're great to have on the bus because it doesn't matter how great a fucking bass player is or how great a lampy is, if they're cunts, you don't want them on the tour. And I think that for Kiko's faults, which, okay, yes, timing, but the food that always came out, even if it was late, was always excellent. Vegas, he fucked up fine but it didn't fuck up to a point where it was devastating for the guest experience they weren't delighted with it but they still had a fucking great night um i think she's not taking into account his vibe his personality the way he tempers the boat he brings joy and sweetness to this dynamic um and i think she's made a mistake i think it's a it's 100 percent of a misstep and i feel like i said earlier we've seen chefs kept and they've done a lot worse So it leads me to believe there's a lot of chatter on um, kind of the Facebook reality TV groups that they think it was all kind of a setup. Like Sandy knew Tom was coming in, um, so she fired him so Tom could come and work on the boat. Which is is strategic and manipulative, and I don't like it. And maybe it's not her. Maybe it's a producer. You know, who knows who's pulling the fucking strings? But I'm not sure it's worth it watching Kiko sob and cry like like he was broken yeah he's like the sweetest soul on the planet and even after that vegas night he went back out and those guests loved the next meal and they loved him and like made a big deal about it and oh just it just made me so sad me too i'm not loving like i love sandy for a lot of reasons but I don't love her management style on this particular boat. I think no. she, and I've said it before, I think she micromanages far too much. And I think it's really affecting the vibe. Um, but we'll see, you know, maybe, maybe it's the right thing. And maybe Kiko will learn and grow from this and he needs it. And I think that's how you have to look at these kind of experiences that yeah. feel horrendous at the time, that actually they're your biggest moments of growth and learning. And he'll come back bigger and better than ever before. Um but I'll be very surprised if Marley's boyfriend doesn't end up chefing on that boat. Oh, me too. I mean, I think it's inevitable, right? Like, he's a chef. He's on leave from another job. And also, he's coming Hannah to visit takes Malia. it really hard, doesn't she? Yeah. I mean, we see a very emo Hannah. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, like, as somebody who suffered from panic attacks, like, watching her get up as soon as she sits up in the middle of the night, it was like I could feel what she was feeling. Like, I've been there yeah. and those panic, panic, panic attacks are awful um but she's such a funny fish hannah it's she's there's real qualities of an empath in her but then there's also really sort of obnoxious kind of sociopathy qualities (laughs) as well and it's really like because she clearly is connected with kiko and then there's there's serious like codependency or empath shit going on there but then she doesn't really seem to give a shit about anybody else completely disconnected from everybody else Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if we're going to see Hannah leave. Um, I was telling you about this in kind of our pre-production meeting, but I saw a picture of this season's crew that was missing both Kiko and Hannah. Like Tom was in the picture as the chef. There was Bugsy, Jess, and Aisha from last season. So I do love Aisha. Yeah, I do too. I don't know if we're going to see some massive shakeups this season. Do you think Hannah's going to walk or get fired? Oh, but then we also had that teaser about drugs on board. Yes, from the crew. Like, not even, like, drugs with the guest. Drugs with the crew. So maybe, maybe Hannah's packing. 
Maybe Hannah's packing. May- who knows? Who knows? But who holy knows? shit, the heat got turned up on Below Debt Med this season, this episode. Yeah. No, 100%. Um, let's um, chat a little bit about Rob dropping the L-bomb on Jess. If you've missed that, that was me puking into my bowl of blueberries. Because she sees him and hears him. Uh, just, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something to say. Well, while you're thinking, I will yeah. say this. I'm not down with like super emo guys and I feel he's way too emo for me. I also don't feel like it's being, it's like true emotion. It's almost like he read a book on how he needs to talk for people to like it, like women to be into him. And that's what he's doing. He reminds me of my very first boyfriend in that way. Like he, I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen. So it's fine. No, probably not. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I mean, I'd be surprised if he was into reality TV, but anyway. Yeah. Because he's a bit sensey and emo and he would like read poetry and write poetry and all of that. And it felt a bit like that's what he sort of thought a sensitive guy did. And he, you're right, Rob reminds me of that. It feels like a bit of an act. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd rather that act than misogynistic, sexually inappropriate act. Like, Oh, hands down. But if those are my only two options on this fucking boat, (laughs) I'm not that interested. I'd go for Alex. He Me seems too. like the blend of the two. <laughs> or Kiko, who's also a bit emotional, but not. But he's like really sensitive. Like that's an authentic, sensitive, yeah. emotional thing. Like you can tell. Absolutely. That real, not with Rob. Rob's no. just dead behind the eyes. Yes, that is a hundred percent it. Yes, he's like blank stare talking about yeah. his feelings. Where like Kiko, like his eyes are welling. Like there is emotion behind those eyes. I mean, even Pete. There's emotion behind his eyes. Yeah. It's not correct emotion, and it comes yeah. out very inappropriately. But, uh-huh. but there's feeling there. We're with Rob. I, I, he's got dead eyes. He is dead behind the eyes, and he talks like this, and it's really weird. And I, he's not American, I know, but he's African, <laughs> so I do it like that instead. But it's really fucking weird, and I don't like him at all. And I think the only reason I was kind of a bit pro-Rob was because my other benchmark was Pete. Yeah. And I'm still pro-Rob compared to Pete, but compared to normal human beings, absolutely not pro-Rob. No, compare him to Alex. Everybody wants Alex, right? Like, Alex is the most normal dude who's working the boat. He's respectful. He's playful. He knows where the boundaries are and doesn't cross them. And he gets his shit done. Because I think what most bothers me about Rob is that he would rather mess about with Jess in the hallway or whatever than actually do his job, especially when called to look out for guests, which I think is fucking dangerous. And you don't mess with that shit. Well, and then lie to Marley about it and tell her that, tell him, tell her that she, he was on the loo. Uh, no, you weren't. You were literally tongue te- playing tensile tennis. No, tonsil tennis with Jess. <laughs> I, yeah. When Malia sees that, she's going to be like, no, yeah. thank you. She's not going to think kindly th- to that at all. No, I think that will come up in the reunion, the amount of times that he was just messing around versus working. Um, we also do need to have a moment for Malia's 90s rap at 90s rap night. It was amazing. I just wasn't sure. I mean, it was, but I wasn't sure where to look. At first, I was like, before I knew it was like a 90s theme, I yeah. was like, oh, do we have like 
a white girl rapping to a load of black guests. Like, is this going to be that kind of awkward moment where it's really bad? But then when I realised it was a 90s theme, I was like, okay, now this all makes a bit more sense. But at first I thought, oh, they're just doing it because they're black and that's maybe how they're communicating. (laughs) Like, that's that's racist. That's not cool. I was like, this is not going to go down very well at all. Like, this is wrong. And then when I saw the theme, I was like, oh, I get it. Okay, well, now it all is a bit more contextualised. She's just brilliant. I just love her. Although... There's a moment in this episode where I think she gets a bit gossipy with Sandy and it feels a little bit like she's sucking up to her when she tells Sandy about Hannah's kind of panic attack in the middle of the night. It doesn't feel like she's gone to Sandy out of concern. It feels a bit like she's gone to her out just to tell her and that felt a little gossipy and a little bit like she was kissing Sandy's ass and that's the only time I've ever got something negative to say about her so far. Yeah, it did. It felt a little contrived, right? Like we talk about this, like now Bugsy's here. So like, is it the plan to get rid of Hannah to get Bugsy up? Oh my! It goes all the way to the top. It goes all the way to conspiracy. (laughs) Is the earth, are we now flat earthers? Is that what we are? (laughs) Apparently. Oh my God. Fucking hell. I didn't realize it was like a whole web of intricate lies and deceit. Yes, I wonder how Aisha, uh, Aisha fits into all this. Like, who does oh, she know she that's on the boat now? She just bounces it. Wasn't she with Hannah last time? Oh, I think Hannah's she, yes. Gone. Yeah, but I, she was with Captain Sandy before, so I'm sure Sandy just loves her. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out, but I'm excited. There's going to be some shakeups. There will. It's exciting. Um, let's move on to Million Dollar Listing L.A., where Tracy is... Oh, go on, what? Let's do that, but let's take a moment before we get to that. I hope you enjoyed that seamless segue uh, into <laughs> that particular advert. I always fucking forget. And then Reagan reminds me. Sorry I should just hold up like a little sign. Stop! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in those old school TV shows where they're like, applause! Yeah. Cheer! I'll just like um, put it on my iPad and like, stop! Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I mean, one day we'll get pro at this, but it's not today. Uh, no. Anyway. Let's now go to Million Dollar Listing LA, where Tracy is in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I think, obviously, she's run out of names to fucking take in Beverly Hills, so she's moving into Arizona. She's slowly taking over the entire United States. That's what I picture for Tracy Tudor. Soon it will be the world. I cannot, could not love this woman more. I have a massive girl crush on her. I love her. And let's just talk about this house. That closet was orgasm-inducing. It was amazing. I mean, it was amazing. The whole This is one of the only really kind of opulently ridiculous houses that I would actually go, do you know what? I'd live in that house. And do you know why? It's because as ridiculous as it was, there was a fucking washing machine and dryer in my private bathroom. That, game changer. Woman after my own heart. My own washing machine and dryer that no other fucker's allowed to touch. There's no fucking Lego pieces in the rim. There's no fucking dirty nappies that by accident get taken off with pajama bottoms and shoved into the wash because nobody else fucking checks for that shit. My own washing machine and dryer 
is the stuff that real luxury is made of for me. <laughs> Absolutely. And like your own little place to just fold your own clothes. Oh. It'd be heaven. Joyful. Right next to the place where you're going to put them in the closet. Yeah. And your own bathroom. Because didn't this one have like his and her master baths? Yes. yes. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said for having his and her houses. Frankly. Yeah. I mean, it works for um, Helena Bottom Carter and... No, they're divorced. Oh. Well, it worked for a while. I mean, it did work for a while. Because didn't they have separate houses and then like a house in the middle in London? I feel like they definitely had two. I think they had two houses right next door, but they had joining doors, but essentially they had two houses. I mean, I don't hate that idea. I'd love to be able to decorate my own house in my own way without (sighs) input from somebody who's never checked a fucking Pinterest board in their fucking life. Preach. I'm, that is my life right now. Oh, I That's can't. my it life. It drives me fucking insane. I'm like, this is what I'm thinking about for the bedroom or the bathroom. He's like, I don't like it. I'm like, what are you bringing to the table? Yeah. How many hours have you spent on fucking Pinterest? Boarding Have you gone shit? down the house hole? <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you traveled into that hole and come out feeling lacking? No, you haven't. So you don't get to make these fucking decisions. No, it drives me no. Absolutely mental. I, I almost wish to- we had a more like traditional, like, husband-wife relationship where I just take care of the house and I make all the decisions in the house and he just goes to work. Just I know for it those, just, for very, those, just for the house remodel. Just for that. Yeah. 100%. Everything Not else. Not for everything. 50-50 equal. But I want control over how the fuck... I just want control of the creative. I'm yeah. like, you do the budget. Fine. I can make my creative fit your budget. But don't tell me what light fixtures we're going to do or sconces or tiles or anything like that because you don't know what you're talking about. You haven't put in the years and hours and time. You haven't put in the time. No, no. I will you say to give... a place at this fucking table. <laughs> I will say my husband has been on house and Pinterest for this remodel, but yet I've had to like talk him over to my side on quite a few things. I know some things I just think they should let us do. Yeah. Like I'm happy to let them do some shit. Like if they want to, I don't know what they want to do. Fucking choose a lawnmower. I don't need any fucking (laughs) input in that. I don't care. Go choose your own lawnmower, leaf blower. Blow away. I don't care. You fill your fucking boots, but let me do the tiles. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Because we know we're going to come around to my tiles anyway. It would just avoid a whole fucking weeks of arguing about it. Exactly. Like, we all know how this is going to end. Can we just fast forward to the end where you get on board and you like my design? Because we all know what's going to yeah. happen. Stop dicking around. We, we don't and have then, all this time to waste. And then it's done and you're like, oh, doesn't it look great? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I knew it would look great literally six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell it's quite a sensitive so- topic for me. Um, anyway, so the house in Scottsdale, Arizona is mental and lovely and... Um, yeah. I'm excited to see Tracy sell it. I'm sure that she will. I mean, that house is 20,000 square feet. And they're putting it on at like just under 14 million. I mean, I don't have 14 million, but that seems like a good deal to me. Seems like a deal to me. And it's got that fake grass. So you don't even have to worry about maintaining the turf oh, lawn. Fucking fake grass. I mean, we've had that argument in our house as well. He <laughs> doesn't want fake grass, but he never fucking mows the lawn. Can't have it both ways. I keep forgetting that he's editing this. I love you very much, Jimmy. (laughs) I love you very much. It's all for the banter. Don't worry. Um, Talking of great deals, though, Josh Altman has this mental deal going in the Bird Streets that's been dropped. This house that's been dropped from 21 
that now you can get for 16. Yeah. Just out of the blue too. Cause didn't they just call them and was like, someone offered them 15 and they're thinking about taking it. Yeah. I mean, imagine being that rich that you can buy a house for 30 million and then go, fuck it. Let's just sell it for 50. Let's just get out of it. I mean, yeah, crazy money, but that house is ace. I do love that house. I liked that house too. They got a wicked, you know, whoever bought it. Cause I think what the final one was 16.5 million, got a great deal on it. Good for them. And I love Josh. He's a hustler, right? Like, and he's just a lucky fucking bugger as well, because when they think that this buyer's on the exclusion list, it turns out they're not on the exclusion. He is just one of those people that always lands on his feet. How gutted would you be if you were that real estate agent that brought the deal and you just forgot to put it on the list? I mean, it's nearly half a million commission that you just let slip through your fingers. Because of like shoddy paperwork. Like not even your skills. not going to make that mistake again. Um, No. And then no Josh flag this week. But in in other news, we've got James and or David uh, still selling houses with price tags too high. I feel really bad for this couple in some ways because obviously they want this to be the retirement. I think the house is very cute. I agree it needs a lot of work though. And that work is not cheap. Bathrooms and kitchens are not cheap things to do. No. Um, I mean, I could live in that house, but when you see what, what else is around it and all these really top of the line interiors, it's not that. No, that backyard is fucking amazing though with those well, old this is trees. The other thing, like, I mean, it's gorgeous. But at the same time, like the market is what the market is. And I think sometimes like you either just have to sit on it and wait until the market comes back or sell it for less if you really, truly want to move on. So I think that's the struggle that these homeowners are looking at. Well, and I think as well, you know, if they come back on the market for the second time a year later and they're still committed, they're still overpricing their house. I think James and David should have known that this is still too emotional. They're still not ready to sell. Yeah. You know, until they come back and they're willing to price it to sell, then they're going to take it off. I think James and David are going to lose this house again. They're going to have spent all that money again, and they're going to get their fingers burned again. And I think they should have been honest the first time and said, it's not worth this much. And this is what I see them doing quite a lot. Just, I feel like they overprice shit to get the listing, and then they're going back to to price reductions. Yeah, it's kind of like the opposite of what Josh Altman does, right? Like, he's like, no, this is what it's going to sell for. So you're fine. You can list it for more, like these other agents are telling you, and it'll sit on the market for ages and never sell. Or you can price it what I'm telling you, and it will sell, you know, within 30 days, and you'll be good and gone. Yeah, and I mean, it's here's the thing. If I had to house sell, I'd choose Tracy Cheetah every time. But if I had to choose between James and David and Josh Altman, Josh Altman every time. Yeah, and I'd choose Josh Flagg over... I choose David and James, James too. Yeah, I would too. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, Shall we move on? Yes, we should. Moving on to Beverly Hills in Rome. I feel like I need to do some carb loading and stretching before I hit the Beverly Hills, New York portion of this Pull out these muscles. There is a lot going on. Denise, I'm now calling denies. She is, that's just her tactic. <sighs> deny, 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 deny till you die. And lie. And lie. Deny, deny and, lie. and lie. Deny and lie. Um, she, and nobody's falling for it except for Garcelle. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, but we have obviously the, 
end of the last episode, they dropped the bomb at dinner and we have them divided up into two groups for the post-bomb drop chat. So we've got Dorit, Garcelle and Denise and everybody else in another room. Yeah, um, I found it kind of interesting that Dorit went with Garcelle and Denise at first, but then I thought about like Dorit's exchanges with Brandy have never been super positive, so that kind of makes sense. Well, and she also butted head with, heads with Kyle, so I assume that... She probably didn't yeah. want to be in that room either. Um, I kind of think for good reason too. Like I know yeah. this was last week, but I Dorit was in the right. Like sometimes Kyle just needs to shut the fuck up. I a hundred percent agree. Like I like Kyle, but I do think she has that interrupt. I mean, I obviously it's not something that I suffer from very much. Never. <laughs> um, she does have that interruption disease, uh, which can really wind people up. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. I think she, she does sometimes assume the worst of Dorit when actually Dorit's just trying to say something and get it out. That being said, Dorit's pretty verbose. Like, she does like to bang on a bit and drag it all yeah. out. Like, spit it out. Just sum it up in, like, three words. Get it out there. Yeah, we've only got 42 minutes an episode, so let's just, <laughs> you know, hurry this shit along, along a bit. Um, but the next morning, we kind of have a couple of important debriefs, and we have Lisa and Denise. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about this in the pre-production meeting. As much as we think Denise is lying through her perfectly veneer teeth, I think she's got a point with Lisa. I think Lisa should have given her a heads up. Like, if they're real friends, like, if the situation was between me and you, I would 100% text you and be like, this shit is being said. You need to come in prepared to talk about this. Because it's I, going fucking down. I 100% agree. I do think that Denise could have expected that from Lisa. They've been friends for 20 years. Like, this really is a friendship of longe- longevity. And I do think yeah. Denise could have expected that from Lisa. I do think Lisa quite enjoys the drama. She wasn't going to be the one to spill the beans, but she was going to make sure it was coming out in that dinner. And I think I'm with you. I think Denise has a point. I think she has a right to feel betrayed. And... um you know, I hope Lisa kind of recognizes that. Yeah. Saying that though, I do think Denise would be one to where if Lisa had texted her that Denise would not have left the airport, she would have just gotten back on a plane and flown home. So maybe that's why she didn't. Um, I mean, we were all shocked that she stayed after the dinner, but she did admit that she did call a travel agent and couldn't get a flight out, which seems a bit (laughs) weird because yeah, I would have thought flights from, Rome to LA were quite common. But anyway, apparently that wasn't the case. Surely um, you can just borrow Sutton's private plane. You know, the one she would have had to give up wearing three dresses to take. I mean, yeah, I love the way she talks about it like that. And she's like, it would have hurt. I mean, I would have done it. It would have hurt. But I would have done it. And she brings Honestly, for the price of, of like Hunter- three dresses, I, I would have done the private plane. She full of Hunter Wellies with Swarovski crystal initials on. I've got a pair of black hunterwellies. I might just stick some fucking crystals on mine. Take a picture for Instagram. You need to bejewel it. Did you guys have the bejeweler in like the 90s in the UK? It was this little device that you could like put jewels on like your jean jackets with and your hats. Yes. Yes. I think we called it, maybe it was the bedazzler. It's like bedazzle or bejeweler. I'm going to bedazzle my hunters. Um, Yes. So, so the next morning we have Lisa and Denise and that all works itself out, kind of. And we also have another meetup with Kyle and Dorit. And I think, like you say, I actually think that Kyle and Dorit get on when it's just the two of them. Yeah, I feel like Kyle 
is kind of mean to Dorit in the group, but always nice to her one-on-one. And I, I don't like that. That bothers me. I do me. agree. I think she does treat Dorit differently. And I'm no fan of Dorit. I, if you had to ask, I'd choose Kyle over Dorit. But I do think she does treat Dorit differently. Um, and that would be frustrating. Interestingly, Dorit seems to think that uh, Brandy is potentially lying. And Kyle is like, Brandy's not lying. Yeah. Brandy may be many things, but a liar is not one of them, according to Kyle. What do you I think? I don't know do where I think... stand. I'm not sure either. I, I do think something happened between Brandy and Denise. Do I think that there's an ulterior motive for Brandy dropping this? Almost certainly. It makes her Absolutely. fucking relevant again, for sure. Yeah. Could that mean that she's embellished it? Maybe. I think we'll never know, right? It's going to be no, one of those and, things. And I think you're right. I think judging from Denise's reaction, there is some truth in this story. Oh, I don't 100%. know what it is, but there is some truth in this story. And she's embarrassed and shocked that Brandy said it. Could Brandy be embellishing to make it sound juicier than what it was? A hundred percent. But something did happen. Yeah, I don't, I I don't think Brandy's making everything up. No, I actually think the nuts and bolts of what she's saying is probably true. Do I think she had good intentions in sharing it with the girls so that the girls knew what Denise was really like? No. Hell no. Do I fuck? Um, <laughs> she wanted some fucking especially in page six. Especially when she has talked shit about all of these girls herself across many seasons of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills in the past. So there's no way she's looking out for them by no. telling them this information. No way at all. I think they're both as bad as each other. Um, that being said, can we also just talk about how... And also, Sutton is rapidly becoming one of my favorite housewives on this. Like, I just love her quintessential uniqueness, her Southern charm. She's got a really dry wit. Um, I love her. But this episode where Mr. Dolce calls and invites her to the new Dolce & Gabbana store in Rome for a private shopping experience is really fucking impressive. So fucking amazing. Like, you would go. 100% go. everybody would go. Like, it kind of surprised me that only Dorit and Kyle went with her. I mean, maybe the invite was only for three people. Those shops are fairly small on the inside in Rome. But, um, oh my gosh, it looked amazing. And those tiaras they were trying on. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, like, you get a lot of new, you get a lot of, like, ostentation with this kind of money and a lot of showing off and indulgence and all the rest of it. And that's sometimes a bit tacky and all the rest of it. As much as, like, there's an argument as to whether this whole 1% is is a moral thing and whether people like Sutton should exist, that, put that aside for a minute. Yeah. That was really fucking classy. Like, it was a moment of, like, okay, that's impressive. Like, I've got to hold my hands up and go... I'll put aside all my fucking jealousy and be like, yeah, well done. Well yeah. Done, Sutton. Yeah. And I thought the, I thought the wellies that she brought everybody was a really nice, sweet yeah. gesture. Like super cute gesture. Yeah. I have a lot of time for her. And I think that, and, and I think I really want her as well. We see a lot of her insecurity. She didn't want to come out. She doesn't like to come out when she's trying things on. She is kind of a funny shape. She's a fabulous looking woman, but she is kind of got these really long skinny legs and this kind of, blocky top she's cute but I can get that she's probably have to get a lot of clothes fitted for herself so totally it's nice to see those insecurities 
in her too. Well, it makes her um, a real person, right? Yes. Because and I, I think, think she's, go on. ultimately she is not holding a diamond in the opening credits because she refused to let her, like she refused to show her family on the show. Like that was a big thing for her. So they kind of demoted her to just like a big friend role, not like one of the housewives per se. I really like her though. I wish, I wish we could see more of her. I mean, you know, you do what you like with your kids privacy. I completely understand that, but I do. I like her. I like that. She's kind of willing to call shit out too. Like, you know, the dinner at the dinner last week when she calls out Garcelle for like, you know, the way you said that to me was kind of rude. I like yeah. that she just has it out. They deal with it and she moves on. Like, it's not a grudge that she's holding on to. I think she's a really cool, mature chick. I think she's pretty classy. And also, she let's not forget, she's heard this rumor about Brandy and Denise like a couple of years ago. Yes. So, and, and she's not the only one. I get the impression that a few people have heard this. This has been kind of common knowledge in the inner circle for a while. So... Again, there's no smoke without fire. And if Sutton is saying that that's what she heard, then I 100% believe that that is what Sutton heard. Totally, because she's not even saying it in front of the other girls. She's saying it in the confessional, right? Like, well, you know, I heard this two years ago. So. Um, Then they all go, uh, while they're doing the Dolce trip, we have Garcelle, Denise, Erica, and Rinna? Lisa, yeah. Go in Ferraris. To a vineyard. Now, I, I'm a petrol head. I, f- I fucking love cars. That, if we ever go to Rome, we have we'll to do, do it. that. We'll do it. Done. Drive a Ferrari to a vineyard and then be driven back because I'll be too drunk. Yes, 100%. Um, but again, we get a different Denise here. Yeah. It's really weird. Like, she, Erica kind of brings up the same thing she's been bringing up to Denise forever and Denise has just refused to talk about it or walked away or said it's not an issue it's fine but she brings it up now and Denise is like well you know I can only apologize so far but I do on Aaron's behalf and I'm sure that he'll apologize when he sees you like where's this Denise come from we haven't seen this Denise this season no well and it's all bullshit right because like she's in the confessional and like he's not gonna fucking apologize to those ladies like but it's like she is just really bothering me well, she's just really manipulating every situation, yeah. putting on a different mask for every kind of thing. And I think maybe it's because Erica's the one person that she truly feels kind of intimidated by. Maybe she just wants to sidestep that particular issue. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because this bomb's been dropped and she's got, like, bigger things to deal with. Right. Um, but nothing is genuine with Denise at the moment. No. No. Um, Not at all. Can we also talk about how fabulous it is when Erica talks about Tom Girardi being a massive drama queen? I love it, and I can totally I it. see it, too. Pouty Tom. Like, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I could totally see it. Uh, I, I love their relationship. I love Erica and Tom's relationship, because I think everything you think you know about them is wrong. Yeah. I think it's completely the opposite of I agree. what you think. But I think they both enjoy the spectacle and they don't, you know, it's not a lie as such. It's a performance that they just both yeah. enjoy. And it's, it is joyful to watch. I love them too. Um, yeah. We kind of finish with dinner. And this is where 
I definitely think, I mean, this kind of solidified Denise's lying to me because like she said, like kind of at the other dinner, like, well, I don't even talk to her. No, like we never talked before the party. So obviously I would not, you know, say that I would not be talking shit about you guys to her. And then she says, no, I did speak to her and she's, you know, implied that she had sex with somebody else at this table, totally implying that it was Lisa Rinna. And it's just like, you are grasping at fucking straws, lady. Well, and it's so obvious. Like, I don't understand why she can't keep track of her own lies. I mean, we're talking a gap of 24 hours here. Like, she said one thing last night and now she's saying a completely different thing. It doesn't make any sense. Um, She's spinning out of control. She really is. And it's bizarre because obviously she's been on the phone to lawyers. I imagine that's the first thing she does. Um, But for some, listen, some reason, this hasn't had to be cut out of the show, which suggests that there's also legal backing that they can show it. And it's not defamatory. Absolutely. So um, she's kind of in a bit of a shitty situation, but it's going to be messy watching, but I'm here for it. Oh, yes. Like, I'm glad we're finally here because I was afraid. Like, the way this season started, I was like, fuck. This, I mean, I knew things were going to come up, so I knew it would come up eventually, but the beginning was a, like a Atlanta flashback. Yeah, it was. But I was, was just going to have to go through the weeds. Dull as shit. Um, New York, where, I mean, this is the last show on our, on our roster today, and I feel like we almost need to start with Beverly Hills and New York next week, even though, like, chronologically, because I feel like by this point, I'm so drained. Right. That I can't quite give all the energy to all the crazy. But I'm Yeah, we can play deep. around. We can play I'm, around with the lineup next week. Maybe we should do that. I'm digging deep, and we're going in. Okay. For New York. Here we go. In Mexico. In Mexico, where Sonia, where we join Sonia, who's absolutely fucking mashup. But she took a diuretic, and that's the reason she was so hammered. Diuretics that she's been taking for 20 years. Why? I mean, what is wrong with these women that they are taking diuretics for 20 years? The whole fucking thing is mental. It's water weight. That's upset. Like, that's crazy talk, in my opinion. Like, that's crazy to take diuretics that could severely hurt your body for 20 fucking years. It's that's eating disorder shit. Like, it's not, that is not healthy. That is damaging. You have water in your body for a fucking reason. And the more you drain it out synthetically, the more your body wants to hold on to it. Cause it's like, where's the fucking water going? Yeah. Anyway, she ends up with C6 sailor syndrome, whatever the fuck that is. Um, yeah, I don't really buy that. I think she was just hammered. I, I, I don't I know. Think, I think she's fucked up. I think she's fucked. I think she, I don't know what's going on, but it's not a diuretic. <laughs> no. You drank too much um, tequila. Yeah, she did something or took something else that wasn't just a water pill. That's um, true. But Ramona seems fine with Sonia being completely mashed up. Fine. Like no issues whatsoever. Like when she no. was sitting in that chair last week getting her hair done by that poor hairdresser fucking just totally wasted to me that's more embarrassing than what leah did at ramona's birthday party i would be so mortified much more disrespectful so yes. much more disrespectful um i don't understand we talked a little bit about this but here's the thing when it comes to ramona's approach to Son- Sonia and Ramona's approach to Dorinda, I don't get the double standards. I think both Dorinda and Sonia have as much of a problem or not a problem as each other. 
I think they both need a fucking sitting down and talking to. Yeah. I don't get why Dorinda gets the rough end of Ramona while is, whereas Sonia's just given a free ride. Yeah. When it comes to Leah, I've said it before, I'll say it again, as twisted and dark and megalomaniacy that's not a word, but you know what I mean, as I think it, it is, be. in that I think it's, it should, you're right, should be a word. I do think it's a power play, but I do think Ramona does see this kind of maternal thing over Leah. So I, I don't put her judgment of Leah in the same bracket as her judgment of Dorinda, because I, I do think as fucked up as it is, Ramona sees Leah as kind of a daughter figure. I agree with you. I just think, like, you're right. It's a very narcissistic mommy way of mommying, right? Like, it's all about Ramona and how it makes Ramona look. And you need to act this way to make me look better or me more comfortable with you, not out of genuine concern. But I think Ramona thinks it comes from genuine concern, even if it is a bit weird. Um, Right. But, yeah, yeah, Sonia and Dorinda are off the reservation. And... Dorinda, we're, I, they're right. Dorinda does need some help. There is something going on with Dorinda. I don't know if she's an alcoholic because she's an alcoholic or if she's an alcoholic because she's just not dealing with some shit. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like whether it's a sort of a more circumstantial kind of mental health thing rather than necessarily an addiction thing. I don't know if the two are any different. But I don't know if I'm making any sense, but I, in my head I know what I mean. Right. But she definitely needs something. I think the difference between Sonia's drinking and Dorinda's drinking is that Sonia does not get angry. Sonia, like, mm. is like a silly drunk and she'll hurt herself, yeah. but she, she doesn't really hurt other people's feelings. Dorinda is an angry drunk. Yeah. And gets very mean and very spiteful. And I think maybe that's the difference with Ramona on the problem of the drinking thing. Like, Dorinda just goes from, like, zero to really fucking pissed off angry very quickly. And I think we see that with Luann this week. Because we're not Luann fans by any Uh means. But what she said to her was mean and a punch in the face. Well, it was. And also, it was totally unwarranted. Because, I mean, it wouldn't have been the right thing to do even if Luann had been laying into Dorinda or, or judging her. But she really wasn't. Dorinda said, what did Ramona say? Luan told her. And then she just said this awful thing to Luan about, well, at least I didn't go to jail for being drunk. Yeah. Um, twice. And then, and go back to jail. Like, she really laid in. And I have to say, you said it, we're not Luan fans. But I really appreciated how Luan dealt with this throughout this episode. Um, there wasn't any... She she took the drama out of it. She tried to handle it well. Um and I think that she made concessions to kind of keep the peace. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't like. I wouldn't be fucking forgetting what Dorinda said anytime soon if I was. No. There. No. I mean, because again, she didn't do anything wrong. She went and talked to Ramona about what's going on, and then simply relayed information. Yeah. And Dorinda fucking murdered the messenger. Well, and, and I still come back to the fact that Dorinda was the, the one body that encouraged on Luan to get back on the booze. Yeah. Because she, because she wanted a buddy, essentially. Right. That's what she wanted. Um, and I do think Dorinda's lost. I think she's lonely. I think she's hurting. I think all of those things are true. And I think we have seen Dorinda drunk in previous seasons and not be mean and nasty. Yeah. But so weirdly enough... going on. 
weirdly enough, Dorinda is still like a hundred percent team Leah. And I really like that interaction. Like this is what's so crazy for me personally about Dorinda is I see like the way she treated Luann. I was like, Oh fuck her. Like that's so wrong. But then I love the way she treats Leah. And she's like, no, like you're doing the right thing. Ramona's being a dick. Like you just stay you. It's a very weird dynamic. Well, again, it's a double standard, isn't it? And also then when Leah tries to, calmly tell Dorinda the next morning, listen, you kind of laid into Luann. I think you need to apologize. Dorinda goes straight on the defensive there, like, and starts, like, making shit up. And you can see Leah's face. She's like that, like... (laughs) What the fuck's going on? (laughs) She never said that. Like, you are imagine... You are making this shit up. I was there. She didn't say it. There Um, were cameras. We have it all on film. (laughs) We got the receipts. Um, Yeah. But so, and I think that we are going to see kind of an intervention of sorts, what looks like a fairly haphazard and ill-advised version yeah. of an intervention, but, but one nonetheless um, in the upcoming episode. And I really hope that Dorinda kind of, even if she doesn't accept help on that instance, does kind of use it as a wake-up call to go and do something because she's not happy. No, no. She needs, she needs a change in her life and... I do think it all stems, I think Ramona's right that it all stems from that she's finally grieving Richard and grieving what that life was, and I think she just needs to work through it, and she'll be better on the other side, but... It's It's not easy. No, it's messy and painful and hard. Yeah, and I mean, they're all good reasons, I mean, they're not good reasons to drink, but they're all reasons often why people drink, right? Just to hide that shit or avoid that shit. Um... But that being said, we still managed to have laughs and joy aplenty at the Mexican restaurant for Sonia's surprise birthday party that evening, which looks like such a good time. Oh my gosh. I I want margaritas delivered to me on top of each other, on top of a man's head forever for the rest of my life. A very small man's head. And the way he was like getting down with Luann, like. Oh my God. And he was like, maybe small on the outside. But his, like, he's a big man on the inside. He's got a chutzpah. Serious chutzpah. Even Fuck, Leo was yes. like, he's like five foot nothing on the outside, but he's six foot seven on the inside. And that, she couldn't <laughs> yes. have nailed it better. He was so cool. And then yeah. I also loved that, like, Luan came out with the karaoke and then Dorinda with the massive cleavage. I mean, it was just really fun. It felt like the girls yeah. really put all their shit to one side. For Sonia. Yeah, and so much more real than Ramona's party. Like, this is a real group of girlfriends celebrating a birthday party. We've all been in that Mexican restaurant with the drinks flowing. We all have. I mean, that might have never been delivered delivered on the head of a five-foot man, but... No, we may need to go to Cancun for that. Well, I mean, we need a holiday. We do. We we missed a holiday. We're owed a holiday. Um, 100%. But yeah, and I think, you know, we see again this kind of friction between Leah and Ramona. And I I don't, I'd be frustrated if I was Leah because she is holding her to a different standard for whatever weird and fucked up reason she is. But it is frustrating. A hundred percent. Like she can't do anything right with Ramona. Anything she does, Ramona gets her panties in a twist about. Talking about vaginas, talking about sex, which has been like topic of conversation for the Real Housewives of every city forever. For I mean, that is the a staple women's chat. of housewife chat. Um, 
I mean, she does crack kind of a smile when Leah tells her that she likes spicy dick at the end. Um, but it's it's hard. It's just boring. I mean, I feel as maternal as you like, but the fact is you're not her mother. So stop. No, you're playing weird fucked up mind games for control and it's uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. I don't, I don't like it. You No, I'm with you. It's weird. Um, but that does bring us to the end of our chat. We are tomorrow going to be recording the minisode for Shars of Sunset Reunion. Let me tell you, I've yes. watched both episodes. Reagan has only watched the first one. and I watched is, half of the first one. I dropped the ball, so we'll record there it There is some shit to talk about. And, spoiler alert, it looks hopeful. Oh... That's all I'm going to say. I'll get on it today. Shards of Sunset Reunion looks hopeful. That's all I've got. Wow. I'm um, excited. I hope you guys have already watched it. Like I said, I'll finish it up today. So we'll record it tomorrow and get that mini-sode out. Do. But welcome you- back, Kat. Oh, thanks. And thanks for holding down the fort while I was gone. It was nice to have a week off. Not yeah. that I don't love doing it, but it's nice to have a week off where you can just watch the shows without having to take any fucking notes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, The last episode is delayed a little bit, so you guys are going to get a few episodes all at once. So we hope you listen to them in order. Uh, And if you don't want to listen to me chatting by myself, then you just skip it and move on to this one. But I would listen to it because I think it's going to be... I've listened to the first few minutes and I think it's pretty fucking great. Ooh, thank you, lady. I'm going to listen to all of it soon. But listen, have a great week, guys. Um... And remember, rate and review. Oh, rate yes. and review. We forgot that bit. This is <laughs> so chaotic. Such the biggest, most chaotic ending of any podcast ever. Uh, rate and review, rate and review. And remember, smart people watch reality TV too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Yeah.